welcome to the Kinky Cast, a sexually explicit podcast for adults. You are listening to a weekly publication, produced every Friday morning. This is our weekly exploration in the kinky world of BDSM and alternative relationships. Today, we present episode 382, Woody and Dr. Vanilla. Let's talk about sex. Don't forget to stop by our webpage for information about this show and others. KinkyCast.com With the coronavirus being active, please practice social distancing. Here's your host, Woody. Thanks, Max. Welcome to another edition of the Kinky Cast. Today we reach way out to the West Coast, to the Bay Area and Oakland, California, for our guest, Alluring Onyx. How are you this evening? I am good. How are you? Well, fantastic. I've been wanting you to come on the show for quite a while to talk about some interesting parts about you. You are very active in uh, leading a community, doing lots of um, interesting things. The reason we're talking about this is that you do it all blind. Mm -hmm. We don't often see blind people in the kinky world. A lot of sighted people don't know how to react to it. So I want to get a nice, honest view from you, how you feel about interacting with people in your community. I said that you run a a community group, which is a virtual munch for blind people. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The name of the group is called Blindfold Not Required, which a lot of people get a kick out of the name. I didn't come up with it. Another community member did. So I definitely want to make sure she gets her credit. But it is a virtual lunch, so there are people from all over the United States, and we even have someone from the UK that pops in from time to time. And we meet twice a month um, on two Fridays out of the month. There's a FetLife group also. It is not a super active one, but it does exist. And we just talk about different things related to kink, some things related to blindness, how to do things in a way that might be a little bit more accessible. It's a lot of information sharing and skill sharing because first off, there's not a lot of blind people in the world, period. (laughs) And then once you add in the fact of blind people that are kinky and out about it, it gets to be a smaller number. So it's really to just kind of foster a sense of community so we know each other and pass on the information that we've learned so that we can share resources and insights. It's a great service uh, to the community that you're doing. Uh, how much interaction into a public play space do you have? I have, let's see, not a lot. So I've been kinky or I've known that I was kinky for about three years. And in that time, I've been to just two play parties. Um, the third one is coming up this week. So I'm excited about that. And I've been to a few in-person munches and workshops and things like that. So I have, I've dipped my toes into some in-person things, but not a whole lot. So a moderate level of experience, I would say, for the amount of time. You're just getting your toes wet when uh, COVID hit and uh, that kind of slowed you down a bit. It slowed me down, but it offered some interesting opportunities because, of course, everything went virtual. And so one thing that I deal with a lot as a blind person, like in and out of the scene is 
ableism and this how people react when they see me in a space. And so it's so much easier for me to just go onto a Zoom class. Like I did a Zoom class on decorative needle play, which is a new love of mine. Like I, I love it as the top. I love it as the bottom. And I might not have gone to that if it were in person because I there would be that hesitation of how are other people that are attending going to react to me? How's the presenter going to react? All of those things. It's had its pros and cons, to say the least. I think as the community, we just need to accept everybody for what they have to offer across the board without any prejudice. Yeah, that would be that would be great. That's you just found the answer to solve to create world peace. <laughs> like that would be yeah, amazing. That, just like uh, all the beauty contestants say, they want to uh, have world peace. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's very easy to say. Yeah. Really hard to do. Yeah. One of the things that you uh, are active in is uh, building a culture of consent for blind people. And tell me how that works. Yeah. So I will first give a lot of the credit to one of my good friends um, on FetLife. She is the blind sexpert, which I think is a very cute name again. And she is a sex educator and very much about consent. And when her and I first met, she's actually the one who introduced me to the scene. She would just always say, everything is about consent. Everything is about consent. And it's her soapbox. And as her friend, we kind of tease her about it. And it's like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. You always say that. And the more that I have thought about it and I've heard examples, it's like, it is so true. Every interaction that we have with another person is based off of consent. And so starting with that framework, she does a lot of work, of course, in blindness community because she is a sex educator and she has these conversations and I have started to work with her more and more on them. And right now, particularly in the blindness community, there is a lot of conversation around sexual misconduct and assault and how to do some meaningful healing and moving past those types of things. And as a result, me and her are starting to be kind of pulled upon more. Um, and I am writing her coattails on this conversation uh, because it is it's her passion that she has passed on to me. And we do a lot of work together, working with different groups, whether it is leaders or parents of blind children, teachers that work with blind students, blind youth, and just really realizing how consent affects everything. And it's not always about those sex and intimacy and relationship types of things that we usually think of consent as. And it's definitely not always from the point of that reactionary scope where there's already been a transgression. So we just have conversations about how if, like, I think a a classic example that actually I get a little sick of sometimes, but it does work, is this example of a blind person on a corner, standing on the corner, and they want to cross the street. And so consent comes into it, into how do people that see this person interact with them? And a lot of times it's done without consent. And so it may involve 
a physical grabbing to pull you across the street. It may involve um, sometimes yelling if the person is far, but simply speaking, like it's your turn to cross the street. Um, any variety of things, but all of those things are a person doing what they want to do and not getting consent from the blind person. And so having those kind of conversations um, and then just expanding it out much further to even what does this look like with medical professionals, with friends, with whatever, um, and making it a kind of a deeper conversation. Very interesting information. As you say, there's not that many blind people in the world. I don't know what percentage of the population there are, but Sighted people often do not think in how they can best serve a blind person. As, as you say, somebody crossing the street, they don't really know how to approach. And so communication. Right. I had an epiphany on the latest uh, radio appearance that me and my friend did of what you just said comes up a lot. This idea of there aren't a lot of blind people, people don't know, and those are 100% valid statements. But in my mind, if there is consent, then you don't have to know. You don't have mm -hmm. to know everything because the person that is the expert on their experience is right in front of you, whether it be virtually or physically. And they can give you that insight if you just invite them into the conversation and you realize that they are an adult or even if they are a child. But if you just give some validation and some some worth to their experience, then you can find out how it can be. And we don't have to have these weird mishaps. You don't have to know everything if you just approach it from just almost kind of like you do a negotiation for a scene within kink. Right. If uh, you were sitting on a chair in a play space and I were to approach you, I'd start a conversation just like I would with anybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would talk back and forth and find out what we each other like and see if there is a connection for play. Yeah. In that case, I don't see that you would be any different from anyone else. No, I, I wouldn't be. And I, again, I wish I could get everybody to realize that is that it would not be any different. I am just a person. I am just another kinkster out here trying to have a good time like everybody else and approaching it like that. The only thing that might be different is depending on what it is, if I am sitting and maybe we're going over to like a St. Andrew's cross or whatever, then there may be some conversations of how do we move together. But again, those are things that I know. So I would be able to say, um, I'll just follow you. Or some people may want to grab a elbow or something like that to do what's called human guide. Um, or if it's somebody, you know, that I know if the connection is great and we're saying, Hey, we're about to go over there and have sex. I might just say, can I hold your hand? Um, like there's a number I might, depending on the situation, I might grab whatever is available to guide. <laughs> like if it's a kink kind of thing, like my options open up as to what I can grab yes, and do. follow you by. But again, like letting me kind of lead those things or even just inquiring like, hey, is there something I can do to support you as we move over there? Or is there something else that you would need? So realizing that there is that shared humanity and you can approach me like anyone else and just trust me to say my needs, just like you trust anyone else if you're playing with them and like 
you're concerned about safety or their boundaries or something like that. It's almost like, trust me to use my safe word, <laughs> but, or trust me to use my, like my blind word. I don't know. That's not a thing, but whatever the case, <laughs> just, just have some trust in the person to, to speak up for what they need and what works for them. As a gentleman, I would offer you my arm. Yeah. And then we would uh, glide over to the play space and have a very glide. good time doing it. So okay. glide, you know, I like gliding. That's right. <laughs> Treating people in a way that is normal. And the key word is normal here. Yeah. We should be absolutely caring about the person that we are going to play with. And it doesn't matter what they are, what sex they are, what anything. We have a caring. If we're going to approach that person, we must have some kind of connection mm-hmm. to the point where we want to play. Yeah. At that point, communication takes over. Mm-hmm. I agree. Three years in the scene, how did you learn that you're kinky? You had mentioned your friend earlier. She is known kind of in this area for having people just come to her house and hang out. And there's usually food involved. Actually, there's always food involved. And we just have a good time. Like, it's just a group of friends. You never kind of know what assortment is going to hang out. Will there just be three of us? Will there be eight of us? Um, It's just kind of a random mix. You just don't know. And I was at her house. I had a new roommate that I wanted to introduce to her. And we were just talking. And because she is who she is, (laughs) sex came up. Like, it's just one of those things that we, we talk about sex eventually when we're together. And I remember her saying something about a milk munch and I don't, I couldn't place how it came up in the conversation, but I just, I know that caught my attention, but also she says a lot of things and I'm like, I don't necessarily always know what she's talking about. (laughs) So I just asked, it's like, wait, what is that? And so she started telling me about like erotic lactation and munches and just this whole concept of a community around kink. Um, I knew that she was kinky, but I did not realize there was this whole community aspect where outside of a scene or outside of playing with a partner or someone that you have regular interactions with, whatever it looks like for each person or each configuration of people, I didn't realize there was a community aspect where people would just go to a bar and just hang out with people with shared interests. So that really caught my attention. And it's a bit of irony is hitting me as I'm having this conversation, because I remember my my shock when she told me about erotic lactation. And now it's actually one of my kinks. So that's, that's just a weird kind of coming full circle that I'm just noticing in this moment. But that was it. And the very next day was the Folsom Street Fair, which you may have heard of. It's a huge deal here in San Francisco. We've been there many times. Yes, Yes. it is massive. Um, And we did not go that next day. We were very tempted to, but it was the next day. And so she was telling us all about Folsom and how they have the little puppy play area and the Society of Janice Spanking booth and all of these vendors and all this kind of different stuff. Um, And I, I, want to say I left her house that day or the very next day and I made a fed life and I was like I need to see what is out here what is this all about and that was the start of being in community Um, and another kind of full circle part we went me and 
three or four other friends went to Folsom the very next year, and we ended up the picture image on the San Francisco Chronicles uh, website. So if you find the SF Chronicle article about Folsom in 2019, uh, me and my friends are the, the cover image on their website. So All right. Well, well, we'll definitely have to check that out. Yes, I, I came out to the West Coast for, for that, uh, the 2019 event. And oh, we were there at the same time. Yes, we were. We just missed each other somehow. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, somehow in the, what, 30,000 people, yeah, I don't it, know how we missed each other. Oh. There was people I was supposed to meet with that we had meeting places set up and we still couldn't find each other. So I believe it. it yes. is. Oh, it was a mob scene. It was wonderful, though. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. energy is so wonderful. Oh, yeah. I want to ask you about a photograph on your FetLife page. It's your profile picture. Mm-hmm. I looked at it like uh, probably uh, any sighted person, and uh, I said, it's a nice photograph. I noticed it had a large caption under it, and so I scrolled down to read the caption. It uh, talks about the picture. It was shot of you by a friend under the word photo description. Uh, I'll read it here. I am naked except for my collar, but I'm only visible from the shoulders up. Now, so far, I'm with you because I can see that. Mm-hmm. I have shoulder-length pink straight Senegal twists draped over my right shoulder. And I looked back at the picture and I said, yes, okay, I got that. And then it says, my collar is made of black patent leather with silver hardware. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. And with a four-inch-ish round O-ring surrounded by a rectangular black stone wrapped in twisted silver wire. At that point, I'm going, I need to look more closely at pictures because all the words that you have there are absolutely true. And um, I think in life, we just have a tendency to gloss over things. Mm-hmm. And there was so much detail that you wrote there about the picture that I was kind of ashamed that I didn't look closer. Mm. And so there, there's, I, th- I think you called me on that one. Well, I'm glad because it's a good picture. It is a very good picture. <laughs> and, uh, I'm I, very I, biased. but I, I recommend that our listeners go check it out and uh, see what's going on there. I want to get on to a, a rather touchy subject of fetishizing. There are some people that like to fetishize other people that they want to play with for reasons that are not necessarily pure. For instance, sometimes black people and white people want to play with each other because they are black or white. Uh, mm-hmm. In your, in this case, you are black. Uh, in this case, you are blind. And mm-hmm. so people could fetishize that. And also you're rather tall. And uh, how tall? Rather are you? tall might be an understatement. <laughs> I am 6'4". And six I usually say 6'4 plus hair because my hair usually adds okay. two or three inches depending on the day. And some people fetishize playing with tall people. So you've kind of got the trifecta there. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you feel when people approach you to play with it because of one of those things? It usually does not feel good. I don't think I have actually experienced a scenario where it did feel good. It usually feels, it makes me feel very degraded. It makes me feel... Like my only value is whatever that particular characteristic is. 
And it's, it just goes back to this thing of consent. Like, I believe there is a correct way to do it. I know people that enjoy playing off of what race they are or their disability or um, their height and all of those types of things. But it usually is done in a way that I feel is, is very inappropriate. It's very objectifying. It is for anybody that uh, wants to uh, play with somebody for reasons that uh, are either physical or, or what have you. And just talking with you here on the show tonight, I've learned a lot more about who you are, why you do what you do. I find you're an incredibly interesting person because you, of the, the different things that you're into. We talked a little bit earlier uh, before we started recording that you are a crafter and um, you're constantly making things Yeah, as I am a crafter also. And I, and so I'm going, Oh, we have some common threads here Uh that we could probably talk about for hours. Mm -hmm. Those are the grounds of a conversation as opposed to, Hey, look how tall you are. That's cool. You know, let's do something. Uh Yeah. Which is just creepy. Very much. (laughs) It's even, more offensive when I will get a message that will particularly say like, I know you don't have like race play listed on your profile, but I think you'd love it. Or like, have you, you, I think with me, it would be different. And it's like, first off, let's, let's check this on a number of levels. Um, Don't assume, watch your ego. Who do you think you are? Um, and it's just, it's like you, you don't see it there, but it's also, I also could respect someone who was approaching it of like, I don't see this listed on your profile. So please forgive me if I'm overstepping and it doesn't even have to be that formal, but forgive me if I'm overstepping, but I would like to get to know you. And I do have an interest in race play. Or you can just send a message and I'm going to look over your profile. And if I see there's a lot of race play stuff there, Hey, go figure. I might bring it up. Like, um, so there's, there's a way to do it. And then there's a way that's like very, very disrespectful. And it, they usually get very, very spicy responses back. Deservingly. <laughs> I think you really have a, a tremendous amount to offer the community. The munches to bring people together and to bring new people that are like yourself three years ago that are trying to learn about the kink that need some guidance in, in different ways. This is a fantastic resource. What is the name of the bunch? Blindfold not required. Blindfold not required. Always welcome, but not required. There, there you go. <laughs> if we think back in the kink world, many times we've blindfolded people to heighten sensory awareness. Mm-hmm. I'm a very tactile person anyway. And so um, many times I find my eyes are just closed as, as I'm exploring with someone else and just having a very nice time of getting involved with somebody. I will say it is a a different, usually it is a different experience with a blind person. Um, Like it doesn't, our senses are not heightened. It kind of the blindfold with someone who can see some, it does bring awareness to other things. So similar, if we kind of circle back to the photo description of at first you didn't realize those things, but then you did. So sometimes people have that experience, which, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. 
if you put them under a blindfold because they just hadn't been paying attention to what they were feeling, what they were smelling, like all of those other senses. But it's not the same with blind people because this is just how we are. And so our senses are not heightened. We're just paying attention to them in a different way. That makes perfect sense. And I'm thank you for yeah. explaining it uh, because I haven't thought about it that way. Uh, there's a lot I can learn here. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is. And you're open to it, which I think is it's just, just all that I can ask of anyone is just an openness to just have a conversation and see what comes of it. Alluring Onyx, I want to thank you for being on the show tonight. Uh, some great information here. It's a, a good slap in the face for awareness uh, for a lot of us. Well, thank you for having me. Let's be nice to uh, everybody and we'll all have a great time together. So thank you so much. Thank you. You have been listening to episode 382 of the Kinky Cast. For more information about this show, go to kinkycast.com. Views expressed are not representative of the management of the Kinky Cast. We welcome guests with opposing viewpoints. The Kinky Cast is a production of Rooster in the Round. On behalf of all our Kinky crew, I'm Max.